Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. So I was I looking. I was looking on the Wikipedia page for the most recent Oscars today, and it was really funny because I don't know if you go on the Oscar pages, but it has, it has like two columns for each, and it's really funny. The winners of the left hand column versus the right hand column. It's on the right. It's Alfonso, Olivia, Regina, uh, Black Klansman screenplay, <laughs> and on the on the left, it's Green Book. All the garbage. Uh, Rami. Mahershala, Mahershala, which is not which garbage, is, you know, but the movie is. The movie. And then Green Book screenplay. Woo! It's a dark it's On a dark the left, contrast. too. What a troll. True. Uh, that's a darkness in my heart and my soul. Uh, today was a hard day at work. I don't know if anyone else felt that way. Yeah, but why don't you go first? Mm. I, I, mean, I already did it. <laughs> my it was power's just, been taken. Oh, I'm not, my mic's not even to my face. Ben, ben was across the room when we started last time. So <laughs> I know. Sure. And I think I left I some of that in. You yes, did. you did. I forget. I forget. Um, just it was busy at work. Yeah. That, like, there's nothing specific to discuss. But I was going to use that photo from years and years, and I was going to tweet it with yes. a smile, and then I never did. But I was oh. going to be like, when you had a hard work day, but you got to go home to and have some nice chat with friends later. Oh, oh my God. Know. We're pivoting to friends. friends. Wow. Three episodes left, and we're finally friends. I'm having the opposite issue, which is that I've gone from 100 to zero at work in terms of just tasks and things to do. Mm-hmm. And I have, like, three fairly like medium sized things I need to get done by Friday mm-hmm. and I just can't get any of it done. Yeah. Because I'm no longer running on adrenaline. Mm-hmm. Because like when you're like when you're doing the festival thing and you're having to be on email and be screening to keep up and then like every two hours grab a microphone and go in front of a hundred people. Like yeah. you had you, like, you were just always on. Like it checks you having to mm-hmm. like do the public facing thing. But now I'm just sitting at my desk, like with. And you have a an legitimate enorm- sense of urgency. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Which I, I thrive. I under. can't create a sense of urgency. No, that Hold on. My, the toilet is running. I can what, hear it. I'll talk about urgency while you do that. While he jiggles. Well, I'll talk the about urgency doll. while he jiggles the toilet. Mm. Um, I have always, like as far back as I can remember, I have to figure out how to back myself into a corner, enable in order to get anything done. Like I'm, I would always wait until the night before to do like month-long projects in high school, and I would always get an A. And the professor or the teacher would always say like, "It's very clear that you've been working on this for a very long time." Wow. It's like, no, I just ha- I thrive in the corner. I don't. I have to. Oh, Brandon, you got to turn that off. <laughs> I don't have. Did a Did you download something? No, I, I. It's a reminder. Oh, it's because I ignored a call, so my laptop's like, "Call this person back." That de- your laptop does that when you screen a call. You need to. You need to turn that off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like well, that. Well, I think I accidentally hit decline, but like remind me oh. to call them. Hmm. It's just MSU asking me for money. Interesting. Hmm. Already? Always. I don't think I get any Always asking for money. Matter. Even with their scandal. Ongoing oh, yeah. scandal. That's right. Scandal? Oh, yeah. Do you want to speak to that? that? Or just sex Do you- predators. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. A, a gymnast teacher and like someone else and like... 
another person like we have that at USC with some of the, the president stepped the down professionals that yeah. work at USC yeah different um, type of scandal but I believe that my alma mater was one of the mater my alma mater what is this cars from cars yes. yeah that's, that's why I said oh, that was that's um, why purpose. I said matter the first time mm. because I mm. was worried that we would do cars discourse alma but I believe that Chapman is Spon- embroiled in the <laughs> admission scandal Oh. Who is? I think. Who? Chapman. I oh. think. I think. I feel like every university me. has a scandal. Because, like, USC and Chapman are, like, the Southern California safety schools for the rich kids. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. totally makes sense. Did you find it disheartening when you got to the school with a great reputation for its film program, only to discover that you were surrounded by, like, rich Southern California kids who didn't really try? Mm-hmm. Really, one of the first people I met, like, had... Uh, like, I met her, like, at the orientation night party. I don't know if your colleges had this, like, the Friday before school started. And yes. she, like, we talked for a little while, and she, like, casually mentioned, like, she's from Beverly Hills, and she has, she's been discussing with her therapist how hard it is for her that she didn't get into a school in New York. <laughs> I'll never forget that. My freshman college, like, your this roommate. Is, this is not my life. My freshman college roommate on Looks Alone, we will call Sean Cody, grew up like 15 minutes from the school, and he was very nice, but it was clear that he had no ambitions beyond Mm -hmm. the Orange County line. Sure. Yikes. He had a poster of Megan Fox in Mm. Jennifer's body hung up behind his bed, but Mm. little did he know that the film was a commentary on him. (laughs) Joke's on you. I've never seen that movie. I would like to. It's I saw it in good. college, and I remember when it came out because everyone oh, else I was talking about it. It was poorly marketed. Yeah, <laughs> we all just got a pretty good text. Let's take uh, a look. <laughs> Should we? <laughs> we can't say on the mic. Ah, oh, it's good. I'm it not, is good though. I'm not going to check it. It's good. Oh wait. Living rent free in our heads and invading <laughs> oh. the podcast, texting while on mic. <laughs> he is the Rebecca. Ma'am, Matter Spomber, Philip Home Fag, Matter Spomber is the Rebecca of Movies IMO. Of no. Movies IMO. Never. Linda's sitting at my feet. Lynn. I slept in today because I rolled my ankle yesterday, so I knew I wasn't going to work out this morning. And I think she missed me because she was very affectionate when I got up. Cats uh, get used to your absence. Yeah. And if you break that routine, like the days that I screen from home, mother is just all up in my lap. Yeah. All day. She's like, what are you doing here? This is fantastic. Mm-hmm. My cat was running around the apartment this morning, screaming. I mean, basically screaming. Her meow, but like screaming. What's on her mind? What is she thinking? She was looking for water, so I like refreshed her bowl of water, Mm -hmm. placed her down in front of it. Desert, and then she Cole Kidman and Werner Herzog's Queen of the Desert. Literally, she being in the desert, scooted away from the water, jumped on the counter to then lick like. Puddles of water, that. and then went to the shower to lick puddles, and then jumped on my lap to lick the condensation on my glass. Huh. <laughs> what is we she do, doing? We do everything for these girls, and this is how they repay us. It's like there's a full bowl of water. How's drugging her? I was going to say, so I missed Bad. an episode, nothing's and I wasn't happening. able to catch up on this. So nothing's happening on the CBD gummies. Well, I think it maybe is delayed, because like I gave her two... This morning when she was screaming, I was okay. like, shut up. And, but I left. You got to sure let, you gotta, you let it kick in. It's not instantaneous. But then when I got home at, f- like, I think I got home at, like, five today, she was um, pretty, like, out of it. Yeah. So I think Are you it supposed just... to give them two? 
two because it's is it like advil one is fine but two is when you really need it well i think she deserves three (laughs) (laughs) well because it's like by body weight so she weighs eight pounds she's a she's a skinny girl she's yeah she's shrinking yeah linda's 10 mom's like 12 well yes (laughs) mom mom's a big girl mom's rotund thick Mm -hmm. i think it's like one per every four pounds so two okay sure all right sure great yeah, sure. I'm gonna give her three. Great. No, I'm just That's kidding. Terrific. That would probably be bad. Just terrific. I am out. <laughs> How was everyone else's day? Well, you know, I'm just looking at pictures of Lynn Shelton smiling. Great, th- great, th- radiant th- smile. Love Lynn Shelton. Love her. Mm-hmm. Lynn. Excited to talk about Lynn today. Lynn, your but cat. I, but I Lynn. didn't watch any of the homework because I didn't have time because I was at a wedding in San Jose over the weekend. Good well, me and, me and Ben will say one sentence each about the homework. <laughs> It'll be a 45-minute episode. I feel like this is going to be a short one, which is not to shortchange sort of trust, which I think has a lot of interesting it's ideas. very funny. I thought it was great. I thought I laughed. Did you? Three, stars, three, three stars. stars is good. Three I'm just stars kidding. Is I'm trying to remember, just there's kidding. a joke towards the end that I laughed when... Jillian Bell says, bless his heart. And what is she talking about? I can't remember. But <laughs> I don't know. But it's very funny. But she's so... I she's think she's like... Good. Well, Michaela Watkins. But they're I both think, like the MVPs. I think Jillian Bell's, I think Jillian Bell's the weakest part of the movie. Oh, really? Like, of the three good Leads. performances. Well, they're, I don't that's count, the thing. I don't count the fourth guy. They're all so great. I, I just think Mark Maron and Michaela Watkins are on another level in this movie. Hmm. And Jillian's great, but she doesn't have the... She doesn't have the life experience of those two people. I Michaela mean, is too she, on for me. Just a little bit. It's... So I, I'm going to be that person. I have met Michaela Watkins mm-hmm. a few times because I AD'd on a movie she was in. And she is very chill and yeah. very accommodating and just a really wonderful presence around the crafty table. And mm. I, I'm not What was saying, she eating? What was she picking up? A banana? Just like fruit, you know, uh, celery. She would eat fruit and celery. Um, yeah, she's got to keep that beautiful figure of hers. Mm. I appreciated the choice of staying on because she was very much being that character. Yeah. You know, who, like, I, I know that woman. Sure. Who, who assumes that everyone is out to get them and will, and is always like trying to figure out what you're trying to pull over on yeah. them. But we'll talk about it. It just felt a little too actorly to me. Just Can I tell you my bit. Michaela Watkins story? Yeah, yes, of course. course. Will you tell us your Amy Poehler story after? Oh, have I not told you that story? You, I've think, heard the story. You've met Amy Poehler? Yeah. That, oh, I didn't know that. Sorry, I'm just saying, I if, met if, the if, entire if, cast if of Parks and Rec. Stories. Oh, my God. Okay, I'll tell, uh, I'll tell my Michaela Watkins reporter. story. It was yes. so embarrassing because I had a podcast with um, my dear friend, Jesse Katz, at The Hollywood Reporter, Ooh. and we got Michaela, and it was amazing. We sat down with her, and we talked to her for, like, 90 minutes, mm-hmm. and then we were, you know, it was amateur hour because we didn't know what we were doing. It was, like, this setup, yeah. <laughs> even at, like, THR. And uh, we had to tell her that her mic was, like, fucked up. So, like, well, her mic was maybe off. <laughs> like, okay. So her, well, <laughs> and her audio was, like, sabotage. Let's check our mics. Um, but anyway, she was lovely. That's my story. I love that we fucked up her audio. We still posted it, but we had to like tell Michaela Watkins publicist. Like, we no- are so sorry. There is nothing I love more than the beginning of a podcast. Like, <sighs> start, and we've done this too. It goes, <clears throat> hey, everybody. <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate <laughs> your listenership. Just a heads up. Uh, this was recorded in front of a live audience, and the audio oh. was not exactly how we wanted it, but we have decided to post it in, in its entirety. That's exactly we definitely the final did. Video. So please enjoy. We definitely did one me. of those. I've like, yeah, yeah, they week, just did it. You, week, you have been on I Nate have, Silver. I have really pivoted to picking on Nate Silver lately, but I think rightly so. But 
Yes. And I do, I would like to say, I know he listens to the podcast. He, our a, podcast. Yeah, as yeah, a fellow absolutely. film fag. Yes. yes. Um, and I think he appreciates that I push him. And I do think that it, he provides a valuable service. And I do think he's generally very smart. But I do too. And I will say that some of the nitpicks that I see against Nate Silver on Twitter are insane. Mm-hmm. And they're very much... They, they either think Nate Silver is so much a part of the establishment mm-hmm. that he's not a gay Democrat, mm-hmm. which is clear. If you like, if you parse what he's saying, he I just d- to fuck Andrew Yang. He does. He really Ew. does. He does. Seriously? But it's, it's, so it's people like looking for a problem yeah. or misinterpreting him because mm-hmm. he, his, his manner of speech on Twitter, yeah. his writing style can be very terse. Yeah. And it can be open to interpretation, even though I don't think that he means for it to. Mm-hmm. But you have actually been coming back with really great points. Well, he called me a Bernie bro. Which he I, called you a Bernie bro? Not directly, but he. <laughs> there was a thing in the New York yeah. Times yeah, that yeah, yeah, showed yeah. that people that donate to Bernie are not donating to anyone else, basically. And, and right. you were like, I... And, I was, and so I commented that I don- I've donated yes. to... Uh, th- three of them monthly, and I think four more I've given one donation to. Have you given the dollar to Kirsten Gillibrand? No, I haven't. Because she's been really trying to get enough donors to get on the third debate. Anyway. Um, what she's I, not someone that I'm like, I need to get her on the debate stage. Whereas right. Jay Inslee, immediately, I was like, I need to give him money. I would have to You agree. know? I would have to Did you give to the dollar agree. to Steve Bullock? No, I didn't. We... The, I do... We I, have, we've talked about I have Steve questionable, Bullock questionable... I mean, I just... I'm not going to vote for the guy, but I do think he is a valid candidate. I do too. You know? I think I think of all like the random white guys on uh-huh. stage. He's the best. I would uh, like Jay Ensley, Steve Bullock, and and I guess we like Beto again. So Beto. Well, wait, s- did he do good? Just that no, he's horrible in the debates, but he's, he's really bad in the debates. He's been really good about gun control in the past couple days. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Been, he has. Just yeah, been yeah, talking yeah. shit. And Trump attacked him mm-hmm. for like being good. Yeah, he's been really fantastic in the response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we'll call the president out in a way that none of the other people. Yeah, he didn't he do it during like the Clove has actually the Clove has the Clove has come down hard in the past. I also I don't think the Clove gets enough credit for being such an anti corporatist. Yeah, like she's running for president because we're living through another Gilded Age. Yeah, like like in in her own words. Yeah, and I'm not saying that I'm not saying I'm voting for the Clove. Right, and the Clove has plenty of problems. Mm -hmm. One being that she doesn't dream big enough. Yes. But the idea that the Klobe is some like corporate Democrat who's yeah. just running for president to raise her profile, like she's clearly alarmed mm-hmm. by the way that corporate power has overtaken. She's gotten a lot better States. in her messaging, and it's like this is the person that I had hoped would run for president someday. But like, it's might be. I mean, it's too little, too late. She might be a good vice presidential what? choice. For I someone. yeah. I uh, oh shit. If I, one of the leftists wins, do you think that Warren would ever put a work on her ticket? No, no. I don't. I, I'm just trying to think strategically, like in turn. Yeah. Like, Beto did make the good point that he can win Texas, which we don't have to get into the nitty gritty of why I believe that he could win Texas in 2020 and lost in 2018 because we're not a politics podcast. But that is enough electoral votes to almost swing. almost swing it. And I feel like if Warren had a work on her ticket, she'd probably win Texas. But this is all arm, this is all armchair commentary over it here. It is. Who what would, I think is more interesting about the Bernie statistics is that a lot of Bernie voters' second, their their first second choice is not Elizabeth Warren. Right, I know that is what I find. Wait, compelling. what's their second choice? Biden. It's it's Ooh. it's really drawn on identity politics. Exactly lines and name and name recognition. Biden and Bernie have the most in common as polls and uh, donors, and then it's Warren and Harris. 
who are also sort of like Biden Bernie foils. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. very so it, it is like there's this division on identity politics more than actual policy. Exactly. It's very interesting. It's fascinating. My parents called Biden uh, senile today. Yeah. That brought me joy. No one likes Joe Biden. Who are these mythical Joe Biden voters? I don't David know. Axelrod? I don't know any. Like, my mom and my dad are, like, very, like, normal Who we Democrats. talk about when we talk yeah. about, yeah. And they think Joe Biden is so old and not with it. My he parents, has no too. idea what's going on in the yeah. world. My, my dad is one of these new Democrats who, he doesn't listen to the podcast, so he won't care that I'm talking about this. My dad was a Republican and then stopped like believing in the Republican Party around 2012 and mm-hmm. then changed parties and now he's a Democrat. Mm-hmm. But he's one of these people that we are told that we have to appeal to because right. he is a straight, cis, middle-aged white man who we cannot lose. We can't afford to lose these people. And he's excited about like what Elizabeth... Well, he, he, Biden is not his guy. Yeah. Biden's not his guy. The leftists have the center of the national debate, which the pundits don't want you to believe because they also have to protect their own wealth. I also think, and by the way, I think we should Down have, with we the should have as many candidates running for president as possible, but the re, like if, if, if we're down to like five people, and it's like Biden, Warren, Harris, and Buttigieg, let's say for some reason Bernie's gone. Mm-hmm. Or interchange Warren or Bernie, I guess, even though, like I said, their second choices don't necessarily yeah. correlate to one another. But I don't. I think that Biden keeps like that thirty yeah. percent. But you see that everybody else is pretty close to that. Yeah. Like it's we are spread so thin that like Biden makes the most sense as an establishment candidate. Yeah. And then like if you take like Kamala seven and Buttigieg five and Warren seventeen, like I really feel like the like you were saying like the Warren Harris and then even like Buttigieg and Beto. That's all drawing from the same pool. Right. You put that together, she's only a few points behind Joe Biden. Yeah. And then you have Bernie's sector of the vote. So it's just like. I don't think it's that Biden is not like the magical, you know, consensus candidate. It's that there are so many options and he has the highest name recognition. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Anyway, can't wait yeah. to go canvas in Nevada for both Bernie and Elizabeth. It's going to be huh. good. Have you, uh, Elizabeth Warren has quite a machine set up in Nevada. Does she? Yeah. Really? So we'll have plenty oh, of places. Been. No. No. I no. You. I was invited to go canvas with someone in Nevada for Hillary, mm, mm. and I didn't end up doing it. Oh, that's what it was. Yes, yeah. I just remember you canvassing in Nevada maybe at some point. No, I've never done that. But or I would. you were invited. Yeah, but I would. Let's do it. Can't wait in to knock on doors for Joe Biden. <laughs> oh, boy. The Equinox debate today convince me that Trump is going to win again. I mean, all uh, these Jesus All these Christ. gay white men who are like, Equinox is my safe space. Yes, that was that was the worst one. And like, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. Well, that's true, but now you know this. Yeah, you like once to make a choice. Once like, you know, you're part of the. It problem. is not hard to opt out of these things. I will not go to see the Disney movies. Mm-hmm. And even if I had to, well, if I had had to been, if I, if I was forced to be on the Lion King episode, I would have figured out a way to see it without paying for it. Mm-hmm. But you can opt out of these things. Yes. Yeah. You do not have to. Just because... I haven't paid for a Disney movie in 100 fucking years. Does AMC Stubbs count well, <laughs> as not paying? It does I, go I to the box office. I think the money office. still goes to the box office. <sighs> Guys, whatever. You're a centrist. I it's, for, it's for your job, though. You're a centrist. <laughs> I hate you. No, it's for my job. I got invited to a Hobbs and Shaw press screening. Oh, Hell yeah. So you've then I went it, to Paramount. Though. What? You saw it. Yeah. What are your thoughts? It's bad. But oh. is it fun? 
half the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> the not- Hobbs half or the Shaw half? Thank you. I I, I think are Dwayne... You team Ch- Hobbs or Team Shaw? I've been trying I'm to come up with a, like a joke. Shaw. Like, Neon Grinder, are you a Hobbs or are you Wait. a Shaw? Oh, that's funny. Wait, I, no. I I'm Team Hobbs because that's Dwayne Johnson. I'm Team Vanessa Kirby. Great. She ben, steals always. the movie from both Mission of them. Impossible I'm always... Too. She's the new like action lady. I guess, yeah, for lack was, of a better she term. She was ripping people's faces off in the crown. Mm. It began there. <sighs> Whew. That's right. Hell yeah. Oh my I god, you called her centrist. Who is in someone charge? else Brandon. being charged this week? Me, the centrist. Great. All right. In the center of the table? C- centrist shill. Center of the room. Here I am. Corporate shill for Lynn Shelton. <laughs> Lynn Shelton. I'm sorry I pay for Disney. It's that <laughs> meme. Forgive me, cinema. <laughs> I have to <laughs> support Disney. I. I went to Disneyland a week ago. You know, yeah, fuck off. Bob Iger is a virgin. I don't know if I can go to Disneyland. I was I was going to this wedding with a friend of mine who I used to go to Disneyland with a lot when I was in college, and you know she's her politics. She's like on the Elizabeth Warren train, mm-hmm. and she's she basically is like taking. I, she listens to this show, so I could just let her speak for herself. She could call in, but we were talking about let's get her on the horn. Let's get her on the horn. Get we, her on we the were line. talking about. It, I'm like I don't know if I could go because I'm not sure I could enjoy it. Yeah, like all the things that I love about Disneyland, the production design, mm-hmm. the imagination come to life, the level of detail yeah. is what I love. Same. But I don't think I could go. So you were just there. I had fun, and it was very magical going to the Star Wars land. Okay, so that's cool. Oh, do you want? Well, actually, let's not do a Star Wars land update on yeah. the mic because we shouldn't use our platform. But will you tell me off? I will say, <laughs> hmm. I thought that it was interesting. A, I thought that it was a separate uh, park, but really? it's just a land in Disney. Isn't it near Space Mountain? No, it's on the other. It's like out of Frontierland. Is it by Pixar? You can get land? through it. It's like above the whole park. It's like next to Toontown. Oh. And it's like you, there's an entrance from Fantasyland, an entrance from Frontierland, and an entrance from uh, like the Splash Mountain area. Fascinating. Yeah. I went to Disneyland once and I was miserable. How old were you? Does that count? Um, 20. Oh. Uh, 20. Seven. What happened? <laughs> Disneyland was the happiest place. It rained. Happened. Oh, that is. I think rough. it's fun in the rain. I've been in the rain. It I've was done in, I've done pouring in the rain. Well, you'll have to go on a on a hundred degree day like I did last week. Ew, and that's I did worse. not get sunburned. Wow, Thank you. that's skincare, baby. Mm. I'm very good about my skin. Okay, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> this. <laughs> Twenty two minutes in. Hello. I'm almost done with my beer. We wow. were doing a politics chat. Politics corner. We're I love the a politics corner. lukewarm, milk toast politics mm. fireside chat to get the mm. podcast started. Hello, everyone. This is Movies IMO. We are your favorite three film fags. This is We're on borrowed time now. <laughs> we are, this is the third to last. Is that right? Time. This is the fourth to last. Fourth to last time you'll hear our voices in your ears. Although I will say, and I pointed this out to someone on Twitter, that we have over 200 hours of us just babbling on and on and on on these mics. Oh, yeah. And I, do, I doubt there's a single person who's listened to every single episode. So there, yeah. there might be five episodes to listen to. There might be 74 episodes to listen to, you know? We should say Enjoy. thank you to everyone who's been sharing yeah. the love. Thank you. Oh, yes. That has been really nice. Since we announced it has. 48 hours ago. We are feeling the love, and we send yeah. it all right back. We love you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It was very, very sweet and to we hear are, from all of you. Wow. We are sorry to let you down. Down, but we're busy. We're booked and busy. Sorry to in, disappoint you. In the words of Jurassic Park, life finds a way. Life does find a way. As Laura oh. Dern would say, if 
What would she say? Uh, if you can't do it well, don't do it at all. I just think she would say that. She would say that. You know, you guys, you guys. But you know, it's never really She's over, over at the Academy Museum. They just hard hat on with her hard hat, strapping on some Wellington boots. All right, boys, let's really get down to business. If we do it together, guys, we could do it. Come on. Um, I think we could do a one-off in the future. Oh, are we are we signaling that? Because <laughs> we had talked about that privately. Now it's on the record. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We will we'll see. We'll see if we ever want to do a very Brady special. Absolutely. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. Or like Seinfeld reuniting on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Maybe one of our friends has a podcast. We'll Maybe we'll get together on, on that. <gasps> Linda, oh, oh my God, Linda just shut Linda herself in the closet. locking herself in the closet. She's like, enough of these faggots. Uh, <laughs> I am putting myself she's away. Spell. <laughs> she's, that's where she does her witchcraft. Does she close the door like that no, often? No, that's never happened before. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I'm done. She is silencing us out. This. Yeah, so what are we doing here? I locked her in the cabinet the other day. By accident? Why? Totally by accident. Oh. I left... Not her, in like a, not in like a Greta bed of lies situation. No. Her treats are in this cabinet down here, and I gave her a treat, and then I like walked away, and then I came back, and the thing was still open, and I just shut it, and then like ten minutes later, I just like heard like she didn't meow, but just like a light scratching. She can do it for herself. And then not I was meow, like, oh, maybe. oh, that's Linda in that cabinet. Got it. That's, Tunneling out. I know. That's beautiful. I love anyway, I, I'll stop interrupting. This is Movies IMO, where we are your three fave film fags. That's hard to say. I did. I'm Brandon Kirby. Ben is drinking water. (sighs) I'm Ben Empey. I'm Daniel Crook. I'm dehydrated. Oh, okay. Same. I should drink water. No, thank you. I'm not actually dehydrated, but I was a couple hours ago. Ooh, I was dehydrated last night. I don't know what was happening. Does your chest ever tighten? Yes. My, my chest tightens. I don't know I, if it's because of dehydration. When I've had too much salt and not enough water. That's frightening. My chest will sometimes tighten. Oh, no. Alcohol makes my chest tighten. Now I have to Is be really careful. Okay? Everyone on, be careful. On Sunday, I drank a bottle and a half of red wine while watching uh, Hump Day, nice. Alien, and the first half of you Melancholia, but then I turned it off. Um, oh, you stopped it before it got good. I know I, I've seen it before. I was just, I just all of a sudden the bottle and a half of wine hit me, and I was like, "This isn't fair to Kiki. It's not fair." <laughs> True to her or I can't Lars. Drink that much red wine. It was a lot, and red wine has the highest amount of histamines of any alcohol. And like, I haven't been able to stop sneezing yeah, so for two days. Yeah, bad, and my chest was tight on oh my, my gosh. sneezing. So everyone, be careful. I, please. I did some googling. The internet told me I can only drink vodka, gin, or tequila. What a what a, what a loss. I know. <laughs> what a tonic. Beer is pretty bad, too, in that regard. So if you have allergies, don't drink beer or red wine when you have allergies. Did, there cha- did they change their label? Yes, the Anchor Steam logo is doing something a little nostalgic right now. It is a slightly different um, illustration. Would not be doing it justice. A lovely piece of portraiture of the Golden Gate Bridge. It's no longer yellow. It's not yellow. It doesn't have the border around it. It's sort of a, a vintage look. You know how like all the sodas do their throwbacks in mm-hmm. order to get you to buy Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. It's a similar principle. Anchor steam. <laughs> Linda has liberated herself from the closet, much like many a gay person before her. Wow, she is just following the greats. Mm-hmm. Now she's eating. What are we talking about this week? Anchor steam. Hell yeah! They can Venmo us six hundred and ninety dollars. 
we're talking about Anchor Brewing's commitment to the art of brewing, which is inspired wow. by the artistic lot of Twitter thread about the loaf of bread that was made from 4,500-year-old yeast. I saw that in my Twitter it, trending it now. It really, like, pleased me. Did it look good? It did. Yeah? Were people eating it? I think they did eat it. It was from, hmm. they found it in a tomb in Egypt. What is, the, isn't there an Some episode yeast. of something where someone finds a cake that's like a 10,000 year old cake? Oh, that yeah. That does sound familiar. And then they serve it to every, it's, is it Seinfeld? What yeah. is it? Yes, is it, it's Seinfeld. Elaine manages to, Elaine, okay, so when Elaine is working for Jay Peterman, mm-hmm. she mm. is get Peterman I think has ordered like this 500 year old cake that is still put together and she That's sort of right. like slide it. She's trying to just like have little tastes. So she's just like cutting off a little bit of the cake and then oh. she ends up eating the whole cake. Yes. That's what it is. Hmm. Today. <laughs> we're here to discuss. How many minutes are we in it, now? It's sort of a Miss Havisham situation, you know? <laughs> we're here to discuss Lynn Shelton and her new film, Sword of Trust, starring Mark Marin, Michaela Watkins, Jillian Bell, and another man. And another man. <laughs> John yeah. Bass is his name. Is it? We won't say it again. <laughs> and a is couple, it? and Toby Huss from King of the Hill and Carnival. Which oh, one yes. is he? He plays. And that guy the, from Veep. The inspector who then drives them in that U Haul. Oh, sure. I was wondering what I. Toby what Huss. Yeah. At first I thought it was Dennis O'Hare. So did Looks I. like him. I was so sure it was they Dennis O'Hare. Really and then he took off the sunglasses. And one, like, is oh, the, one is the other tethered. Yes. Toby, one is the other's Toby tethered. Toby is the voice, not of Dale Gribble. Toby Huss is one of the voices on King of the Hill. I can't remember who Toby Huss plays. Is he on Veep? No. Oh. Veep's the other the, guy. The, the one guy with the, the cow arm. You really liked this movie. I did really like yeah. this movie. Didn't you give it four stars? You gave no, it you give it three and a half. There you go. Oh, shit. I saw you ranked it the lowest. Same. It was a three and a half for me, and then I really didn't like the ending, and I'll talk about it when we get to it. I don't remember. I don't remember the ending. I think <laughs> so. I there's, yesterday. So we're spoiling Sword of Trust. If you haven't viewed the film, now available on VOD, turn off the podcast. I love, Welcome back. You've I, watched Sword of Trust. I love the final moments with Mark Maron, where yes. he brings the food to like make his salsa yep. at his yes. ex's house, but yep. then can't do it. I love how the movie is sort of hiding this sort of understated character study inside of its ensemble hijinks yep. and political commentary. But I really hate how the whole... How, on some level, I respect that the MacGuffin becomes just that, a MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. But I really don't like that after going through all of this hullabaloo, Jillian Bell decides to keep it. I don't like that because I think it lets all the air out of this balloon. Mm-hmm. And I think there's such an incredible tension to this movie that I also think is cut when we find out that the Veep guy's character is not actually like a white supremacist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that you just, I think it's better if you commit to the bit of the mm-hmm. commentary. But what I will say about the ending with Jillian Bell's character that I'm sit- sitting with me a little bit better now is in a way, I guess it can be a commentary about how we have a hard time admonishing our own racist relatives. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And that she, she keeps does, the sword yeah. hand, even though it's a piece of like repellent yeah. uh, Southern white propaganda. Mm-hmm. But I just, I, I, felt, I felt so betrayed by that moment that she yeah. kept it. That's it, fair. We've gone through all of this you know, storm and drank to, or whatever it's called to get to this point, And then it's just, I just, nothing. I, I, that kind of didn't sit well with me, but for a different reason, which is something that I don't, I have a problem with in all of Lynn Shelton movies is that 
I've been trying to like form a way to say this, but it's like in the films of John Cassavetes, he's very pro actor and it's very actor centric, which these movies are too. And as I put on my letterbox log, I do think Lynn Shelton is probably the best director of actors this side of Paul Thomas Anderson working today. But she doesn't push far enough into like, there are a lot of ludicrous plot changes in her movies Mm -hmm. and she does not push the performances far enough to make you believe it in my opinion like that's the only part that she doesn't do like your sister's sister Mm -hmm. it's just like a little bit too chill in your sister's sister for that example I think that what she's going for I'm not saying that you don't know this because I take your point but I think that she's trying to get out there how people react to things in real time outside of like movie space Mm -hmm. but we are watching a movie so it makes sense to demand a little more heightened drama yeah but like i can if it were just like the three of us and 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 then all of a sudden we discover that something else is happening like we discover that like we're actually we're not in a apartment building we're in a factory and Mm -hmm. we're the meat like i think we're gonna be like okay so like we'll just like go out the front door like we'll leave right now yeah rather than like scream and shout right and like tear the wallpaper off so i appreciate that understated approach like the, the, the 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 contrast between like high dramatic twist mm-hmm. and in your words just like chill character reaction I think yep. there's something very true about that mm-hmm. but I do think that sometimes it doesn't serve uh, I think as an audience member it's fair to critique that you don't feel taken along yeah. on that journey and the turn is not as smooth as it should be mm-hmm. that's that's how I feel about that that's fair do you want to give a plot yeah please sort of trust sort of trust I keep wanting to call is it a movie. sort of truth, truth. You did call it sort of truth on the last episode. At one, not, oh, did I? Not at the end, but at one point. Whoops. And I was like, yeah, I like that. Whoops. Is about a pawn shop owner played by Mark Marin mm-hmm. in New Mexico, right? In Alabama. No, they're in Alabama, but he does say he's from New Mexico. He's from New Mexico, pawn shop owner in Alabama. Lynn Shelton plays an estranged lover. That was her. Yes. yes. I thought that was her. Um... But the thrust of the plot is a sword that is evidence of evidence of thrusting is um, evidence that the South won the Civil War and and white supremacists have claimed this item as (coughs) as their truther white supremacists approver the truther approver. How did they get this? Oh, because Jillian Bell's grandpa has died, and she goes over with her girlfriend, wife, fiance? One of those. One of those. Lover. Michaela Watkins, and she goes to the house will lady, and... The will lady. (laughs) The will lady. A lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) And she says, she's expected that she's going to get the dad's house, but all she gets in the will is a sword. And then they find out that the sword is what it is, and then they take it to the pawn shop owned by Mark Marin, and shenanigans ensue to sell the sword. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's right. Yes. Can and I bring up a, my complaint that I already told you, but you hadn't seen the film yet? Please. Yes, please. I don't understand why, if Jillian Bell and Michaela Watkins are smart enough to know from the jump there is going to be a buyer for this sword that's going to pay a lot of money. Why do they need Mark Maron, who has no idea what's going on with this, and all he does is do a Google? I agree with that. 
but I'm willing to give their characters the benefit of the doubt towards their savviness on that. Yeah, that I just I'm sense. just like I can go with it. Why would Michaela Watkins agree to split fifty thousand dollars with a man who just did a Google? Well, she doesn't know that they just did a Google. No, but why does she like? Why wouldn't they have done the Google themselves? One, it seems the characters don't know about this nefarious, you know, flat Earth online conspiracy. Oh, that, yeah, the fact that John Bass's character is a flat, is a flat earther. earther. And the only reason that Marin's character finds out is because the John Bass character is already mm-hmm. linked into this world. Mm-hmm. And that's how he knows that there could be a possibility for something like this. I think that both characters, you could look at like the Jillian Bell and Michaela Watkins characters as so, you know, idealistically liberal that they might not even assume that there was some sort of fetishing, fetishizing collection, alternative, alternative fact underground yeah. thing. I don't know. But, I'll but say, they but know also, not also to an, settle for $400 or whatever Mark Maron's first offer was. But do you think they would have gone for the $800? I don't know. Yeah. I should have rewatched the movie. Well, I would also say that, like, in Baked Into the Characters, like, so the grandfather leaves this completely concocted story about mm-hmm. what the sword represents. And, of course, it's probably, I mean, it's just a Civil War sword. It doesn't actually prove anything. Mm-hmm. But he's given this long, rambling, um, highly inconsistent account on paper of the sword story, how it got to him, etc. And the way that they try and like, like the way that they try to pretend to be true believers in it mm-hmm. to sell it. Yeah. I think that they just had it backwards where like mm. they were trying to be, they were trying to present as people who believe this and then convince Mark Marin to sell sure. it yeah. rather than know that they could together that or by sense. themselves convince someone else. And that's what happens. Actually would they try it. to convince it, but then Michaela Watkins drops the act halfway through. She's like, yeah, I can't go out. You know, yeah. we don't that believe this sense. shit. That just didn't yeah. come across that way to me. Because the first time... But that does make sense. Because even, I think even the audience is meant to believe, like, wait, do they believe this? Because mm. they're, well, not really. They're no, like, they're fumbling the, through When they it. first get the letter, Jillian Bell is like, I can't, like, I can't deal with this. She, like, literally is yeah. like, this is this oh, disgusting and absurd. Right, right, yeah. right, right. But then, yeah, when they show up first time to Mark Maron's shop, they act like they believe it. Right. I think it's a very slyly provocative scenario. It I is. And the way that, like, each of the characters, and well, three of the four characters in some way represent, like, an attacked, um, an attacked minority, like, mm-hmm. in today's political climate and not just today. But my, Mark Maron's character is Jewish. They're both lesbians. And actually, John Bass's character is Latino, I think. Mm. So, like, together, they are all what this group despises and mm-hmm. wants to erase from the earth. But they find a way to, like, they band together to then take money from the bad guys by... Continuing by 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 giving them a piece of fake evidence, but evidence not, they're basically perpetuating. Right. They're perpetuating this like awful underground white supremacist organization as the enemy, and so it's just, I think it's a I think I love how thorny the movie is. Like mm-hmm. when you kind of get into like the ethical complications yeah. of that. Yeah. And I think that Lynn and all the actors are acutely aware of what that is mm-hmm. without having to spell it out for you or. Like, I think it's no mistake that it's, like, that it's Mark Marin and that it's two lesbians. Like, the casting is great in this and that they are directly in opposition to, you know, the set, the buyers here. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think, I think there's this incredible tension of violence, like, underneath the entire thing, which mm-hmm. helps, of course, because the object itself is a sword. But I, I found it very thorny and provocative, and I just didn't like the ending. Yeah. <laughs> I would have given it three and a half. I just really I, didn't like the ending. I think it's... Interesting, rich, layered, complicated, dark. Absolutely. That um, high concept is not the right word, but it's sort of Lynn Shelton's first, like, 
higher concept movie. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, just because there is such a pitch to I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it's a high concept. Though all of her and other you movies can't are like, it in a sentence. here's the right. premise right. and then people interact. Two straight right. guys decide to shoot a gay porn. I mean, that's also kind of high concept. Yes, but like all of... But, there but it's more like... It's played so shambly. She, she set out to make a move that could only be made in the Trump era. That too. Which, which I admire mm-hmm. yeah. in this. I mean, I think that, that it, it opens with Mike O'Brien doing the Flat Earth speech mm-hmm. on a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. It's very instructive and very well observed. Who also co-wrote the film. Oh, I did didn't he? know that. He did. I turned it off before I got to that part in the credits. Um, he co-wrote the film with her and... Of course, it's heavily improvised. It's, it's, they had a 50-page treatment, she said, on uh, the business. Yeah. Or the treatment. She, um... One of the KCRW. It's podcasts. sort of a to to return to form for her while also being a departure. Because, like, return to form in terms of, like, back to, like, improvisation of, like, hump day. But also it's the first movie set not in the Pacific Northwest mm. of hers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a return just because outside in isn't funny at all. Right. And some would say that Nether is laggies. Laggies? Well, Laggies no. is terrible. Or Touchy Feely. Laggies is terrible. She didn't write it. I don't know about Touchy Feely, but I know people don't like it, but I've never seen it. Mm. Um, yeah. As I, I also told you, I would like to see her do something that she didn't write. So I would be interested to see Laggies. Well, it's terrible. The script is terrible. Great. <laughs> well, I would like to see her do a, a good script. It does feature <laughs> movies IMO favorite actor Sam Rockwell, apparently. Oh. Yeah. He is so good Love in that Sam film. Rockwell. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go on a tangent because this has been really on me lately. Can I pee while you're doing yeah. it? Okay, no, 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 seriously though. It's no, like, is this something that I'm going to enjoy? I don't know if it's, it's a Sam Rockwell. I'd like to hear it's it. It's a bit of a drag. I'd like to hear it. Just, just pause. No, that's okay. Some people love, some of, some of you love his performance as Bob Fosse so much. And here, Bob Fosse was the most charismatic person who ever lived. And Sam Rockwell is just a deadbeat depressed piece of shit on that show <laughs> and it's like Liza Minnelli talks about how people depict her mother as so sad all the time and like she, all anyone ever saw of her mother was the life of the party which is how depressed people often present no, the contrast is what's so fascinating as character yes work. and Sam Rockwell doesn't bring any charisma to his Bob Fosse in my opinion so Yikes. I haven't seen the Emmy program nominated. but would you say that he's more trying to emulate the last days and Roy Scheider's performance as Bob Fosse yes but Roy Scheider is also so no, I agree. charming I completely agree with it's that it's just like an exuding of confidence that Sam Rockwell does not but have. in all that jazz you get to see Bob Fosse well you know Bob Fosse, right. air quotes, in the editing room. Is it Jay at, Gideon Jay or something? Gid- it's Gideon, yeah. Definitely you get to Gideon. see him in the editing room uh, cutting Lenny. You get to see mm-hmm. him at home popping his pills. You get to see him with his family where he's the opposite of charismatic unless mm-hmm. he's with his daughter. And so that's what I mean. Like, is, yeah. he, is he taking the, in, like, the, 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 pub- the private persona and like misinterpreting that as the public persona? I don't know. Or the, I, like, the, it's just a very, it's a very quiet performance, which is also not how I know Bob Fosse was. And, like, right. I watched Damn Yankees recently, and he does, he's not really in it, but he does a dance sequence with Gwen Verdon mm. at one point, uh, and you're just like, uh, that man, I'd let him sell me, you know, a nickel for a quarter. 
Brandon, yes. stop. I swear to God. I'm, I'm hitting ignore. Just mute did, your computer who, who while did, we record. Who did you screen this time? Huh? Is it the same call? Yeah, it's MSU. Oh. How often are they calling you? Or how often is your computer reminding you? I don't know. It's Far just, too many. You times. probably hit it just like started remind happening. me in an hour. Yeah, and now it's because that's an option. Yeah, I muted Spoken my computer. Who hasn't completed a backup of their laptop in 1,083 days. Oh, does I it am tell a you? master of remind me tomorrow. <laughs> I love that. Hmm. I love that. That was like the Emmy-nominated laugh from um, <laughs> when she um, when she doesn't move her mouth and she does oh, that Catherine when I, yeah Catherine she's oh. like <laughs> it's so good anyway sort of truth trust is a film and huh? what are the formal things that you have to discuss I don't have any formal things to discuss at all I just wanted to say a buzzword that y'all uh, would that y'all would pause and they'll for be me. like oh well. When it the comes th- to go, please. Just because the thing about formal work with Lynn Shelton is that like she's just so actor centric. Yes, which mm-hmm. is form. Yes, you and know it's a very specific kind of acting. Yes, it's very different from what other people get out of actors. I agree, and it's a very it's a very alive feeling. It is alive. Yes. And I, lo- she I like loves that improvisation. She is trying to draw attention away from the camera mm-hmm. at times when the actors are having their verbal fireworks. Mm-hmm. But then you get these nicely shot like interstitials between, which frankly feels a little film school at times. Mm-hmm. But like the great shot of the reflection of the bicell in the mirror or like in the glass counter of the store, like the really nice, nicely arranged records mm-hmm. in the dark and great uh, chiaroscuro lighting. Like yeah. she's got a really good eye for some of like the more beautiful tableau yeah. elements. Um, but they're in contrast to her first attention, which is her actors. Yeah. Which I like. There's a lot of good like placing of bodies in the frame. Absolutely. More than like, you know, she's not doing a, a Kubrick lighting schema. No. There's just, but she is, the blocking is very smart. There's a shot yeah. I love, and it's when Marin is talking to the two local boys, mm-hmm. and we shoot from behind his head, and his head occupies like a full third of the frame, the mm-hmm. exact middle, mm-hmm. and we watch him just sort of like bob from left to right, like talk to the two guys whose faces are clearly in mm-hmm. the left and right sector of the frame. Mm-hmm. Like that's a beautifully framed shot. Yeah. And it's a very, like it's a very simple objective she's trying to get across. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the best part of this movie is Mark Maron's monologue in, in the, the truck U-Haul van. Yes, it's the best scene. And the fact that she just holds it's two. That's different... when I checked my phone by accident. Oh no! And then I and like then I realized, and then like I, I like could tell that it was something was something happening. Something was happening, and then yeah. I didn't rewind. No. Do you want to know what the um? <laughs> you didn't rewind I did it. Not. Ben, nah. Do you know what the scriptment said? The scriptment. No. Is that what they're calling it? Yeah, that is script script uh-huh. yeah. You know what it said for that chunk? What? It said so the characters' names all get to know each other in the back of the U-Haul. So that's all Marin. It's all wow. improvised. Well, I mean, she had extensive conversations with sure. each actor to fill out what their backstory is. Mm-hmm. If but you listen that's all to improvised. enough WTF, you realize that Mark Marin is basically telling 70% of his life story right. in there. It's not about... Like, it's cobbled together, right? Like his his ex wives are not necessarily drug stories, but he's got his own drug story about moving to the Lower East Side, like mm-hmm. to be a comic. Of course, he was like on Conan and playing in all the great, like the Luna Lounge, you know, yeah. like all those fabled places and the you know blah 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 blah. Yeah. But like the the trajectory of that is very much Marin's story uh, with the drug use, with mm-hmm. the failed relationships, um, 
his attitudes towards music and creativity and failure. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so moving. And I, you know, the character like could only be played by Mark Maron because of like the enthusiasm around certain types of, you know, blues music. Yeah. Like it's all, these are like, it's so cool. I'm sure that's his wardrobe. This character is like right. so cultivated. And like the knowledge is. of like musical instruments. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, very yeah. Much him. Having said that, I don't feel like he's quote unquote playing himself. I yeah. think that it's a fantastic performance. I think, Marin on his TV show, which I could not watch all of because I did not really like it. I never it. watched it. He never disappeared into his character. Mm -hmm. It always felt like Mark Marin performing this sort of, and not in a, you know, frankly, Louis sort of way, but it was this meta representation of mm -hmm. himself. It wasn't that. He just seemed very uncomfortable in literally his own skin. Yeah. And I don't watch Glow. But I've seen a couple episodes, and he's pretty good in that. Mm -hmm. I think he's really good in that. SAG Award nominee. Sa I don't, and don't think I ever forgot Hell that. Hell yeah! But this is the most relaxed I've seen him on screen, and yeah. the most invested in his character in a way that feels off the cuff. So I think it's a great performance. It's one of my favorite performances of the year. We'll nice. see if it lingers with me past a week. Yeah. But I do think that monologue is an extraordinary piece of acting. I would like to know what Lynn's history with failure is because I googled her, Lackies. and I know no before. <laughs> I was shocked to learn that she's in her 50s. Yeah. Because I thought, oh, she started making movies about 12 years ago. She's probably like early 40s, maybe, maybe late 30s even. And then I was like, oh, she she had a life before she started making movies. Maybe she was just trying to get movies made and trying to be an actor. Yeah. But I don't, I would like to know what led her to where she is today. So please leave us a five-star review and tell us in exhaustive detail, how did Lynn Shelton get to where she is today? Yeah, please. Call her in the first 15 years of her life. Did you know she... I didn't know she directed episodes of Glow. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, she and Is Marin, that where they met? I'm not saying that I she got it because where... of Mark Maron, but she and Maron are really tight. Mm. Uh, Have she they did, always been? They've been, they, they've, been t they've been tight for a few years mm. before this. I think she was on his show at one mm. point. But yes, she, she was. But she directed his last comedy special. Yeah. They're good friends, it seems like. <laughs> Obviously, the Glow connection. And it seemed inevitable that they were going to work together in this type of capacity. Mm. And I think they are well matched. I was, do, yeah. Do a movie with them both on screen because their scene together is also astonishing. Yeah. And such, She's it, very good. It is such a shift in tone to what the movie seems to be going for so far. And I find it arresting. She directed an episode of Mad Men. I was telling Yeah, no, no, ben, she did. Um, hands and knees in the fourth season. Okay. John Slattery submitted this episode for his uh, <gasps> his nomination episode. Hell Do you yeah. remember when John Slattery got nominated for every season and then they just stopped nominating him? Mm -hmm. What the It's fuck? always weird when that happens. They just are done with this person. And Slattery, I mean, none of them deserve to be that person, but yeah. not Slattery. I was telling Ben that Lynn made this movie for Mark Marin, Right. Um, and she was in the back of a lift, and she drove by a pawn shop and was like, huh, that's what Mark Marin's going to play. That, is, that does feel very Mark Marin. Right. Like what he would do. He would be a pawn shop owner in another life. So proud of him. So proud. I really respect Lynn Shelton because she's making these movies that no one else is really making right now, mm -hmm. and it's... I think we talked about this on the last episode, or we talked about it on some episode, but the idea that, like, to say that a certain filmmaker is a true independent when they're yeah. booking, like, stars of this quality, like, 
you could argue like today a true independent is someone who shoots on their iPhone with no budget, right. no stars, no repu- no representation, no reputation. <coughs> but Lynn Shelton is doing a, the Soderbergh thing mm-hmm. where she's making movies her way on her budget. They're character centric in a way that no other movies are right now, and she continues to make them. And as she said on this interview on I think the treatment. I mean, no, it was the business because Kim Masters was interviewing her. Uh, that the, she they got like four offers on right. the movie immediately, and she took the one that would let her that would leave her alone. Yeah, yeah. so that she could make the movie that she wanted to make. And I just yeah. really respect her for that. It does mm-hmm. make her a renegade, in mm-hmm. my opinion. She's making the types of movies she wants to make, and no one else is making them. Mm-hmm. It's punk rock. It's punk rock, and Hell because yeah. it kind of stems out of a Mark Duplass space. Yeah, I think that Lynn Shelton got unfairly lumped in with that style because mm-hmm. it is decidedly lo-fi, improvisation that crew of actors. But I don't think she's trying to say the same things that the Duplass Brothers movies are. No. And it's been a minute since I've seen like the Puffy Chair or mm. Cyrus. But I, and so I can't really speak with any authority on, on what those movies are about, but they don't have, they have a different type of humanity to them. I mean, like I yeah. loved Togetherness. I thought Togetherness was the best thing that ever done. Oh, I, I need like, to watch that I only that watched still. a couple episodes. But, but I don't, but Amanda Peet is on it yeah, and I'm incredible. a big stan. Amanda Peet and Please that Give. Show. I don't know. The Nicole Holof Center movie. Have you not? Oh, seen it? I have. She's so good at that. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll need to check should, that out. I should she watch is that. Quite good. Yeah. I forgot. Lynn Shelton's next thing is um, Little Fires Everywhere. Oh, Ooh, that's right. Good for her. Oh shit. So that's something okay. where I would like to see. So what's the cast? What's in, happening there? Who's making it? What's the cast? Like, is, is she making this the Lynn Shelton way, it's or Ro- is she making it for like Fox Searchlight? It's Rosemary De- Dewitt, which is her other great collaborator, mm-hmm. Joshua Jackson. Who's that? Um, Fringe, uh, Dawson's Creek. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Affair. The Affair from The Affair. That's right. Uh, this person who I don't know—that's a child. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Carrie Washington mm, and okay. Reese Witherspoon. Oh, okay. okay, I don't know why they're so far down on the IMDb. So good for Lynn Shelton. <laughs> it's weird how IMDb lists. Yeah. Okay. People. So starring Carrie Washington, Reese Witherspoon, and Rosemary Duet. Is great. Reese a producer on it? Uh, probably. Reese. That, for you sure, know, Reese read that like Reese on summer vacation. Bought the book, that, the rights, and she was like, "I love Lynn Shelton so much." She is you a know? producer, so is Carrie Washington. Oh, okay. And so is Lynn. Who wrote the Great. script? Script is written by Liz. Well, it's written by Celeste Ng. That's what I was going to say. And then Liz Tegillar. Okay. Great. So the author is co-writing the screenplay. The author is co-writing the screenplay. Okay. Interesting. Uh, the yeah. other writer wrote on Casual, Astronaut Wives Club, Baseball. She has a million Could TV credits. I, I, I must say, I rewatched Gone Girl recently. Mm-hmm. And? This is the the first time I Jillian Flynn a talent. This is the first time I've done this, but I really did want to see Reese Witherspoon in the role. She would have. It would have been the role. Is it that a have. thing? Was there a conflict? Her. Oh no, she bought the rights to the book. The movie, she, she bought it to, to play, play Amy. Amy, and then when they hired David Fincher, he was like, "I'll do it, but I have to cast an unknown as Amy. It doesn't work with a major star." And Reese was like, "Okay, wow." And then she produced it, and then she made Wild. Hell yeah, good for yeah. her. Reese Witherspoon is the best like a producer ma- of airport novels right now. That's true. Literally imagine Reese Witherspoon saying, I'm the cunt you married, 
Like literally, imagine it. Big Little Lies. It would have been career defining, and uh-huh. I actually don't think the movie would have suffered because you know Reese. I agree. You like Reese has the air of perfection around her, and but it's what she's so good at exploiting, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. In all of her roles, but especially in the last like fifteen years since she's been super. Well, mm-hmm. fifteen. She won an Oscar fifteen years ago. Twenty years, right? Mm-hmm. Legally Blonde. You know, yeah. she is so good. Election. Well, yes, but election is still like an American independent film. I mean, like, sure, in, sure, in, in sure, like sure. the cultural consciousness, like Reese Witherspoon is perfect. Yes. You know, it's cultivated on her Instagram. It's cultivated in her screen persona. Mm-hmm. And she does such a wonderful job at warping that and playing against your expectations to yeah. show the, the, the flawed human being inside of that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, I think that it would have come, it still would have come as just as much of a surprise Yeah. when the twist and Gone Girl came. I agree. With Reese. And in fact, it could potentially be more savage. Yeah. But Rosamund Pike is perfect. I will never forget she the, the the Hollywood Reporter roundtable from 2014, which she was on mm. for Wild, mm. and I don't remember what they were talking about, but it was just very clear she was she feels a deep shame that she never went to college, and I was just wanted to be it's okay, <laughs> like Reese, it's okay. You're <laughs> clearly brilliant. I know as a film producer <laughs> and an actor, she clearly I like that is probably what like keeps her reading always is this she has this shame this hole inside uh-huh. fascinating it's very interesting that's good armchair psychology uh-huh. um so so yeah. anyway now that we've talked about I, Reese Witherspoon I thought sort of <laughs> seven minutes I, by the way I've decided to rebrand as someone who pretends to love bad movies on Twitter mm. and it's how I'm going to get to a thousand followers oh, great I saw that tweet I wasn't I thought you were subtweeting someone no, I mean like I'm subtweeting. A, I'm subtweeting a generation. Great. Like I, I, I really think I can get there because it seems to be very easy. Just stand movies that are bad. Like for what? Du- for like dubious, for dubious reasons. Like Ma. I'm not naming movie names. I'm not naming ads. But stand like for Dora stand, and the Velocity of stand Gold. Stand for dubious reasons that are more about sort of a shallow veneer of what something is rather than what it actually is. Right. And I will get 500 likes on everything I mm. post. Good for you. And I'm starting with Reese Witherspoon's Hot Pursuit. Oh, great. Oh, that's a noble Remember when cause. That came out? No. I saw it in theaters. Did you? I oh, sure so did. you're not even faking it. Well, I mean, it's not. I a almost good. said it's so, bad. I almost said with Vera Farmiga, but that's not right. Nope, it's with Sofia, Sofia Vergara. <laughs> but there is a scene like Reese. I I actually really respect Reese for making Hot Pursuit in a way. Again, how she's warping for the millionth did time. Did she produce it? I am hard I'm for. I'm sure she did. I am hard for Dyer. I am obsessed with the star image and persona on screen and how actors can thwart it or you know represent it. And there is a scene where Reese Witherspoon, who is playing a cop, mm. she's playing a cop. a cop. She's running for president. <laughs> she accidentally does mm. a lot of blow. Oh. That is funny. And Reese Witherspoon doing hard drugs on screen, not in a Gone Girl sort of way, but for comic effect, mm. I think is very brave of her. She also does it in Wild, not for comic effect. Different. But she does do hard drugs. No, it's drugs. very serious. But that she makes light of it yes. in Hot Pursuit, I think is really subversive. Uh, Reese Remember when she said, do you I know would like who to I see am? It. It's not policeman? good. Huh? You remember when she said, exactly. do you know who I am? And, I, and I think Hot Pursuit mm, is both her apology mm. and her ridiculing of the police state. Yeah. Uh, does Reese Witherspoon stance. play the bunny in Zootopia? No. Okay, never mind. I'm still amazed that we could all get so behind Zootopia when it is about, some, it is about a meter maid. I didn't like it. Which I think is a gendered <laughs> term, and I wish I knew the, what it actually is. Like, parking enforcement. Yeah. I liked it, but I haven't seen it since. It I like out. it. I think it's funny. I did not like that I don't movie. love it. I don't like it. I, I was not I, here for I that bunny. I love its message. <laughs> but I, I, I can't believe that America fell in love with this bunny with who gets who's both a cop 
and gets off on giving people parking tickets mm-hmm. for having a like 30 second expired meter. Well, I think most of America does like cops. No, or no, quote unquote, most of but America. But no one likes parking attendants. True. No one likes them. But she, it's a bunny. <laughs> That's true. It's and, a bunny. And people like to watch people that are good at their jobs. That's true. People love people that are good at their jobs. Mm-hmm. And that take pride in their work. Absolutely. It's true. Like Tony Morrison. Or Apollo 13. Tony Morrison passed away yesterday, and I think we should. Yeah, all I I saw your copy of Song of, Solomon, Song of Solomon, and I was going to give you the opportunity to speak on that, but I figured you would give yourself. Beloved is in my backpack because I was actively reading it. It's right out now. at my house right now. I too. just I literally, it's all it's always really weird to me then when I feel grief over a famous person who died, mm-hmm. and because sometimes someone that you think oh, oh that you God. would that you loved you don't really feel the emotion for, but then. I saw that Tony Morrison had died yesterday morning, and I was about, and then I rolled my ankle while I was working out because I was scrolling and looking at tweets mm-hmm. about Tony Morrison. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. She is one of the greatest writers, top five, top three in American letters, and she, everything that I've read of hers, which is the two books that I own, which are beloved and. Song of Solomon, and I've also read Sula because it was an Oprah's book club book once upon a time, and mm-hmm. I was very big on Oprah when I was a tween. Very cool. Um, <laughs> uh, and she just speaks so powerfully about what she speaks about, and even if though it's not anything that I could possibly understand, I'm able to understand it because of her. I think there's a clarity of purpose in her work mm-hmm. that makes her immortal mm-hmm. and Toni Morrison passing made me think about another recent death of Agnes Varda mm-hmm. like people who were immortal in life who are immortal in death mm-hmm. and watching just discovering that they passed is such a jarring experience because yeah. these are the type of people whose talent will never die and to just like see that person disappear is just a very I mean it's jarring yeah yeah. the work persists and a very weird thought I had last night like was I can't believe I didn't go see Toni Morrison, The Pieces I Am. I was like, I can wait to watch that when I get home or when it's available for rent. But I was like, I had this very like strong impulse that like, if I had just gone to see that in the theater, she would still be alive today, which is weird. I do but think, I, I think, like, oh. I don't know about you two, but I have experienced enough greats. And again, Toni Morrison passing is like a Bowie passing, a Varda mm-hmm. passing. Like it's on this different plane. Mm-hmm. But I've watched enough greats pass that I've decided not to have shame about pieces of work that I haven't seen. Yeah feeling like a phony or feeling basic if I'm going to go dig into that next. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Enjoy the work. Mm -hmm. Do it before. Do it after. It doesn't matter. The work stands by itself. Yeah. Beloved is arguably the The great American novel. The great American novel. Mm -hmm. And it's the most harrowing thing and it's very spiritual and it's very weird in a way that you wouldn't expect something that I would call the great American novel to be and I just can't recommend it highly. Well, I'm glad that we got to talk about That's that all. for a second. Tony Morrison, legend, legend, literal legend, Rest Nobel Prize Rest winner. Rest in That's right. power, or as Beyonce posted, "Rest in paradise." That is clever. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's clever. Mm-hmm. Should we move on to homework? So, Lynn Shelton, 
Um, Do we have more to say about Sword of Trust? No, not really. I mean, no. I liked it, and I didn't like the ending. I really did laugh a lot. It's, it's funny. Very, it's very funny. It's funny. It's a very funny movie. It's one of the funniest movies so far this year. There's actually it like really there's funny. more to say, but I don't think any of us want to say it. But like you could talk a lot about this movie, Wheels and Deals, and like an American iconography, but gives the tools like to the outsiders mm-hmm. from American mythology who mm-hmm. are trying to exploit like the darkest side of it, mm-hmm. or people who are flagrantly warping that history in order to serve their own ethno-nationalist purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like with the guns and everything. Yeah, um, uh, yeah when the guns come country. to play. There are guns. But I Very just jarring. don't have the energy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um... I've been in a, yeah. like a dazed space the past few days, so I just like didn't engage with this movie as deeply as I would have liked. I should have rewatched it. Yeah, I was you bit, watched I, it a month ago? I watched, yeah. Can I say that you interviewed Lynn Shelton? I interviewed Lynn Shelton. What was that like? She's the most loveliest person to talk to ever. Mm-hmm. She's she's so chill, um, so nice. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw your sister's sister at the Arrow, I told you guys this over text, but I'll share with the listeners. Had you interviewed her already? Yes. Okay. So she was in the lobby, just like mm-hmm. hanging out, and like no one no one was around. No one knows like to swarm her. You know, right. she wasn't. Mark Marin got swarmed. Sure. But she was just chilling. I easily could have gone up to her and been like, hey, I was with backstage. I interviewed you. Hi. Nice to meet you. You know? Right. And she would have been like, oh, my God. But, like, I didn't because I didn't want to bother her. Um, Good. But she's lovely. I mean, she's in – and she sat, like, two rows behind me. She sat with her cinematographer, and she watched your sister's sister with the Arrow audience. And just – you could hear her laughing along because her laugh was so distinct. And, like, it filled the room. Mm. It was just really lovely. Um, I think that – you know, colored my experience with that movie. Um, and Mark Marin was just like hanging outside the arrow. I was in line with I what I thought that. was just like normal people to get back in, like the reentry line. Mm. But then Mark Marin like came up to them and started hugging them all. I was like, oh, this I, is the fan. I, I, I'm like with Mark Marin's like posse right now. Oops. Oops. I've met Mark Whoops. Marin enough times, like at events, uh-huh. that the last time I did, I, my friend uh, works at the Ice House, the comedy club in Pasadena, and he like got me tickets to something Marin was doing over there. Like he did like an hour. And afterwards, he was like, do you want to go get a picture with him? I'm like, okay. Like, I have pictures with Mark Maron. Like, I, I, I have talked about the spectrum, like, the problems with spectrum internet in mm. our neighborhood back when he lived in Highland Park, mm. like, in our neighborhoods. We, I Love have, that. you know, like, completely meaning, meaningless conversation. Mm-hmm. But I've met him enough times at these, like, different events. And I just, like, went up to him after the show at the Ice House. It was like... Hey, and just like put my arm around him to take the picture. And mm-hmm. of course, he has no idea who I am, mm-hmm. but I didn't even, I, I didn't think that he did. Right. But it's like, I, the, the, the he's just a guy outside of a, a place as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Yeah. No, that's and how it was we, yeah. So, like, afterwards, I'm like, oh, God, I was kind of an asshole because, like, I was, it seemed like I was just going for the picture and you didn't ditching. Gush. Right. I did, I, I told him, I said something like, I'm like, the funniest parts of your set were the things you got booze for. So, like, keep pushing. Like, that was very cool. Do you know what got me into WGF? was no. um, Todd Haynes on the Carol Press Tour. Great interview. Great interview. Great interview. So a friend was like, you should, li- do you ever listen to Mark Maron? I was like, not really, occasionally. And they were like, you should listen to this. And then, like, I've mostly listened to it now. Yeah, there was a period in my life when I listened to every episode mm-hmm. when I was in college, like every Monday and Thursday. I listened yeah. to every single episode, even if I didn't know who the person was. Mm-hmm. 
because I was very lonely and I also didn't have a car, so I had to walk two miles to you my just campus. The, the joy of friends. Yes, and, no, exactly. And it was <laughs> but, Cameron it said. was like, yes, well, yeah, which was so lovely to mm-hmm. hear. But uh, yeah, so I I listened to that show when he was still like angry, basically. Yeah. And it's been lovely to see things work out for it's him. Like but it's, he grows. It's very gratifying to see him turn in a performance like this after yeah. spending so much He's time very talented, in my ears. man. Should Even though, like, you know, he, he there are things that he has that are annoying or grating, yeah. whatever. Like, But I like Mark Maron. Thank you. What you are looking at yes. is a genuine relic that supports the actual truth, which is the South mm-hmm. won the war. <laughs> okay. The South won the war? That's right. This is something it's, you want to keep under your hat till you're ready to Seems like pretty big news. Head. Best way to do this is through concrete evidence. Is this antique roadshow for racists? Up to $50,000. God damn it. Should we talk about hump day? Yeah. Did, was, is, did that count as the your sister sister discussion? Yeah. Did it? I'm <laughs> just kidding. No, we're starting at the beginning. Okay. Hump day is my favorite of her films of the ones I've seen. It's my second favorite. Great. Hump Day is great. It's been almost 10 years since I've seen it. Yeah. But you've seen it. Yeah. Okay. Long ass time. Ago. Was it's what a commentary. Special. It used to be on Netflix. I don't know if oh, it really? still is. It was very special. It's very special. I didn't I it's didn't so know what it was about. Surprisingly tender. Oh. It is. And yeah. it's just like I love the way that it like gets at this one-upmanship mm-hmm. of toxic masculinity. Yeah. And yes. that's like very obviously what it's about. But yeah. it's, it does it very well. It's the mm-hmm. type of movie mm-hmm. that should really only be made by a gay man, mm-hmm. but because she does have that sensitivity, like she she's able to she's able to make that point and make it very well. Yeah. yeah. And it works really well. And mm-hmm. I think what's the other guy's name? Not Duplass. Joshua the, Leonard. They're both just very good, and I believe that they have this friendship that's a little competitive, mm-hmm. which is something I love about her movies. Period. Mm-hmm. Like the way, and in, 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 in sort of trust, it's really only demonstrated between Lynn Shelton and Mark Maron, and then Mark Maron, what's his name, John Bass, mm-hmm. and some of them, but a, but a shared history, like mm-hmm. a shared sense of history and mm-hmm. experience together, without getting that backstory, without yeah. necessarily knowing what the backstory is. Mm-hmm. Like in sort of trust, we we get we get one side of the story. We only get Mark Maron's side of the story, which yeah. is also sort of true. There's a little bit of back and forth with him and John Bass, but it's, we're not still not getting the whole story, but you get an idea of where he's wrong. Yeah. What, where, where the gaps in the story are. Mm-hmm. And that just speaks to her skills as a director. Yeah. I love. Yes. Yes. How much time we spend on the shooting of the porn scene. And they're just like, discussing how are we going to do it and they kiss their clothes come off the clothes go back on uh, and they just like talk about their lives and their friendship and like why are we doing this and what is this for and all these things I think it's really powerful yeah the yeah (laughs) sorry I my brain is broken apparently I haven't seen this movie in almost a decade. I think it's powerful. I think it's (laughs) a powerful film. It is powerful. The acting's good. I like the the wife. Mm -hmm. I like the the party scene when he stays too long. She wants to have a baby. Yes, we'll get to that when we talk about your sister's sister. We'll talk about your point, Ben. Um, But I think it's also getting at. Did you see my tweet on this topic? I did see your tweet on this topic. I think it's. I think Hump Day is also getting. Obviously, toxic, toxic masculinity is the main target, but I also think it's getting at like uh, people hiding who they really are. Oh, yes, for which sure. I love about movies, Booksmart, mm-hmm. um, where people are hiding mm-hmm. 
who they like really like want like so Caitlin Dever star of Outside In correct is it Dever or Dever I forget Dever I can't remember so I thought Dever so good in Outside In she's really good let's move into that I'm just kidding Um, was that technically homework no but Brandon and I both ended up watching it great um yeah I just like the way it tackles that and that party scene I mean we've all been at a party like that where you're like wow this yeah. this could be me. You know, yeah. I could be this, but yeah. like are you really? Is that what you really want? You mm-hmm. know. I think it's a rich layer, dark, complicated, interesting. Yeah. I like that it it it's about people trying to buy into these roles that they think they're supposed to have more mm-hmm. than they actually mm-hmm. feel like this is what Jean they Dillman. want. It mm-hmm. is very Jean Dalman. Thank you. We have the <laughs> the one the friend who's the the traveler, the loner. He's like really bought into this identity for himself, and Mark Duplass is really bought into this identity as being the husband, and they have a stable life, and like both of them would like a little bit of what the other has, and mm-hmm. they both love their the people in their lives, but they like they pretend to love everything about their lives, and maybe they don't, and I just think it's very it's well done. It it's is. just well wrought. Yes. Mm-hmm. Your sister's sister. Okay. <laughs> um, talk about your problems. Let's just start there, and then you we'll talk about him. Define and the then we'll and great. then we'll talk about how great everyone is in it. <laughs> Rosemary oh. Dewitt should have won the Oscar. She's amazing. That She's tequila scene is, is it's fantastic. I mean, it's like back of the U-Haul level. I it would is. have to. Agree. I think it's better than back of the U-Haul. I mean, well. I think Back of the U-Haul is really, really powerful. It's but one of her best scenes. It is. I one just of her like best can't, scenes, but tequila is great. I can't imagine that. You think Mark Marin is better than Rosemary Duet? Like no. that, that really offends me on a deep. No, level. I don't know. Well, They're both Duet will always have Rachel getting married, so Mark Marin can have best performance in the Lynn Shelton canon. Okay. If, if Brandon, no, to. I mean obviously Mar- Rosemary Duet, Duet is so. one of the great American actors. I agree, and she know? has been consistently underrated mm-hmm. and foisted out of the spotlight. Uh, in Olive Kitteridge. Academy Award nominee for Olive Kitteridge. Sure. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, tequila scene is great. What's your problem? Oops. Well, I just made the the point that women really want to have babies in Lynn Shelton movies, and they all talk about it all the time. But don't you think that Lynn Shelton, as a woman, is allowed to do that? Yes. That's my But it, because it happens in every movie, it feels like a crutch. But Martin Scorsese's male characters are all suffering with sin in some way. No, you're right. You're right. Um, I hate to be one of those people, by the way, who like uses Scorsese as like a, this is bad. I mean, I'm not saying it's bad, but it's just something that her characters struggle with consistently. Mm -hmm. It just feels like such a sitcom trope. Like that's where I get the, the woman who wants to have a baby on the sitcom. I feel that, but I don't think that the representation and presentation of that idea in the movies is at all sitcom-y. Yeah, no. Perhaps the idea is, but nothing about Lynn Shelton's films are sitcom-y. Yeah. Edie Falco doesn't want to have a baby. Apart from that, they literally are... No, Edie Falco does not want to have a baby. They are literal situational comedies, Mm -hmm. but they don't have the sheer of a sitcom. I just think it's incredible in Your Sister's Sister, it does become, you know, pretty... uh, Crazy situation. Yeah, it's like screwballish. It's very screwball. That's the word I'm trying to find. Yeah, my brain's broken. But um, it never. And to sort of counterpoint, to sort of counterpoint you, like the fact that it remains chill. I think. Yeah. Because like they could become escalating and be like, "What you did? What?" Yeah. The fact that they roll with it. Yeah. 
and, completely, and, and, it's a completely unexpected note. And their their sort of trio relationship by the yeah, end. Their triad. It's it's and just like it does. She makes it believable. Way. I don't think she does. That's the thing. Really? I see. I believe. I it. don't believe it. I buy into it, even though it is you know unconventional. Mm-hmm. I it's wish the I trust she puts it. in her actors that I think guides you through that. Yeah. It's just. I I. I it's like I I get it, but I also it's Rosemary DeWitt specifically who I think gives a great performance, but there she's not conveying something that lets me uh, like truly understand this person's choices, mm-hmm. and like I I get it a little bit, and like, but I see her as more of an object than a subject in this, if that makes sense. Sure. And that's I don't just, agree. I, but I feel like the care, especially the Mark Duplass character, is supposed to have this idea of who she is mm-hmm. before she enters the story, mm-hmm. and in that way she is object at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I do think that she's thoroughly humanized and sub- subverts and subjects those ob- those. Um, my brain's breaking too, Brandon. Those stereotypes, uh, assumptions, or, mm-hmm. and she creates a character who is different than that idealized version, or yeah. or, or her reputation would lead her. You would think that she would be, mm-hmm. but I understand what you mean by like subject versus object. But I yeah. think that you're supposed to view her as a subject as the movie begins, then as it goes on, you mean or object. as an object, and then as and it goes then, on, she becomes more subject. Yeah, I just because it really does become about because that whole tequila scene. You're like, what is this movie about? Mm-hmm. That's what I love about that scene, though. Like you, find I out, really like you find out that she's not who you we're supposed to think she that she right. Yeah. And then it really becomes about like. The sisterly bond. This was really a movie like. where I'm I'm fully on board, and then it slowly lost me a little bit. Is it when it kept adding the layers of screwball? Yeah, I think so. And I, in a way, I like super respect and admire that her stories are all like fucked up sexual situations. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Outside In is sort of trust isn't it is when you look you at the Marin shelton relationship which ends sure. up being what the movie's about on some level sure mm-hmm. that makes sense but it's like outside in is about this teacher getting her student out of prison and then they have an affair mm-hmm. and then this is about this triad situation and a woman wants a baby and the movies are, are about people trying to connect and cooperate with one another and all mm-hmm. the barriers that each of them put up mm-hmm. in order to make that impossible yeah or how they overcome them yeah and maybe I just have a maybe I'm just projecting a, a discomfort with sex of my own <gasps> Ben and I believe that's all the time we have for today but we'll see you next Saturday <laughs> we'll, we'll time, see you next week same place mm-hmm. um, that was a therapist joke I got it thank you I'm not wrapping up the podcast I got it but I don't know. That was more for the listeners. Yeah, you yeah. get it. It was just like a little... Was that a joke? Move on. <laughs> it was just... I just don't... Okay! Get there. All right. And I would like to get there. Wouldn't, wouldn't we all? Mm-hmm. Okay, outside in. <laughs> <laughs> check my texts. Oh, see you later. I, I, I have not you seen, have not I, seen, I, not seen this one. I'm going to say something that you're not going to like, Ben. So, buckle up. Great. I just am not a fan of J. Duplass.
Jade Duplass is one of the great actors. There we go. <laughs> of our generation. He's fantastic on Transparent. He has. He has. He is. He doesn't get enough credit for having maybe the most difficult arc on Transparent. Oh, that's that's a hot yeah, take. That's interesting. That's a hot take. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, yeah. Most people hate his character on Transparent. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. they don't see the he's, arc. He's making the most difficult choices. Yes. Yeah. Which on the surface you could interpret as quite detestable. Can't wait to see what he does stunning. in a musical. And outside in. Stunning. Oh, well, I was going to follow up by saying it's the my favorite thing I've seen mm. it, it, of him. It, it was He was on my top five ballot last year. I remember. He's amazing. Was Edie? No. No, Edie wasn't. But Edie is great, but there were just... Um, too many women. There were a lot of great female performances last um, year. Ben, you sent me the screenshot, but... Of Edie? So... He uh, J Duplass. J Duplass comes, uh, you know, gets released from jail. Um, and they're having a party with Ben Shapiro. And you see all the party brother. goers. There's um, Wait, that Ben Shapiro. No, Ben Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Schwartz, sorry. Parks and Rec actor. And you see all these like you know typical like average faces, mm-hmm. and then you think like, oh, they're we're they're. having a party, we're celebrating. He's home from and prison. And then there's a shot, and this is how Edie Falco's character is introduced. She mm-hmm. doesn't say a word, but it's just her giving Jay Duplass's character this look. And she's you, in the background, and you don't know that she's the one. Oh no, you do. They say like thanks to. But I we feel don't like it's see later her. Still. Oh, maybe not. Okay. They like once someone might casually reference the character's name, but we still we don't see her. Right. But we just hear like, oh, a high school teacher got him out of jail. Right. But then we see like Edie Falco, and you're like, oh, that's that's her. Mm. But just the look she gives Jay Duplass. Yeah. Is this is also a movie about powerful. hiding what you really want of life. Mm-hmm. And Edie has these fights with her husband about she really enjoyed the process of getting J. Duplass out of jail. She was good at it, and she succeeded, and she would like to continue that work, and it feels meaningful to her, and he just wants someone to sit at home and watch TV with, Mm -hmm. or whatever. And not have sex with. And not have sex with, and to just, like, be be my Midwest wife, even though they're in the Pacific Northwest. But but same mm -hmm. sentiment. Mm -hmm. Um, And I like what Caitlin Dever does... (coughs) Subverting the moody teenager mm-hmm. stereotype. Caitlin Dever is More. Edie Falco's daughter in the film. Okay. Because um, she is playing this moody teenage character. You know, she even says to Edie Falco, her mom says, I'm a teenage girl, this is what I do. And then walks off. But she, mm-hmm. so then you're like, oh God, she's just playing this. But then she quickly subverts. This is not going to be Jenna Malone That, that notion. Mm. Huh? She's not going to be Jenna Malone. Not Jenna Malone. Not firing barbs at Susan Sarandon. Mm. Mm. What, is, what does she say is she, before she storms up the stairs? I wish you would have... No, that one Pounded is... sand, stepmom. <laughs> that one is like to Ed Harris. Maybe you should have, or something. She's, it's, they're talking about, they're talking about leaving the family, and she's like, you already did that. <gasps> Whip hair oh, to uh-huh. storm drama. up steps. Mm. Um, okay. What film? You're done? <laughs> Brandon's done. <laughs> Happily. Love Edie Falco in this movie. It's a beautiful movie. Yeah. It's, you know, I still only gave it three stars. I think the plot, you know, doesn't truly hook in. Yeah. But I the, liked it more the this, acting this is, second time. the acting is outrageously good. Mm-hmm. It's Lynn Shelton. She yeah. knows how, when she knows. It's a good movie. <laughs> good movie. <laughs> I like when the, the girl gives J. Duplass a handy. 
And he comes immediately because he's been in jail for 20 years. Yes. And he's like, I'm so sorry. That was, it's, you know, that's very details moving. like that. Yeah. Mm. Finally observed. And it's Richly just like, I, I really wow. feel for is on, him. Is that on the DVD box? It is now. <laughs> I just feel for J2 Plus in this movie. Uh, yeah. You know? Ultimately, is an empathy the greatest power of all? You might say that uh, film is the greatest generator of empathy in history. <gasps> and you might also say, actually, I think this is before we got on mic, but you might also say <gasps> that The Age of Innocence is just as vicious and violent oh. as anything in Scorsese's filmography. You might say. You might say. On that note, this has been... <laughs> I love a callback to a joke from before we pressed record. <laughs> How great. This How great. has been some of you listening to Movies IMO. The Sort of Trust episode. <laughs> sort of Trust. Sort of. Wait, is that a pun? Sort of Trust? <gasps> we just cracked the code. It's about trust. Oh, Holy shit, of. it's a pun. It's like, I love dogs. I love dogs. I love dogs. Must love dogs. Must love dogs. Um, We are Movies IMO. Diane we Lane. have we'll three episodes $10. left after this. <gasps> Diane Lane can Venmo us $10. After she escapes that room in Serenity. Oh. <laughs> now available shutters. on Prime. Prime can Venmo us eighteen. I believe I believe Serenity is also available to stream on Shutter because it's such a brilliant representation <laughs> of shutters. Shutters in the film. I right? hate you. Now streaming on Shutter. Thank you. Wonderful. For the Shutter. Uh, find us on Twitter at MoviesIMO. ACAS, subscribe, iTunes, subscribe, rate us five <laughs> stars, and tell us. What the hell was Lynn Shelton up to before she started directing? Let us know. Motion pictures. Yes. If you were friends with Lynn, let us know. Let us Give know. us the deets. Um, I'm Brandon Kirby. You can find me on Twitter at BK Kirby. I'm Ben Empey. You can find me on Twitter at Todd Haynes Vivo. Oh, that's God, right. It just yeah. doesn't get old to me. <laughs> Love it. He, ben is back. Ben is back, baby. <laughs> I'm Daniel Crook. I'm on the internet at Daniel Crook with three O's. Next week. No, not next week. We are week, not here. Next week, <laughs> we are not here. Two weeks from today. We're taking a hiatus because we're doing travel. Doing travel. It's doing, summer. Doing we are gay away. people traveling. We're doing gay travel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's go around quickly say where everyone's traveling. Mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to know. <laughs> I don't want them following us. Here I'm going to somewhere in the middle of coastal California this weekend for a bachelorette party. Oh, oh. I didn't even know or that. Or bachelorette think. weekend. I'm going somewhere north to hang out with my family. Somewhere you might say between Washington, Idaho, the Dakotas. Are you guys gone all next week? No, I'm just gone for the weekend. I'm gone all week. I'm gone for the weekend. Where are you going? I'm going to Idlewild. Ah, are you going camping? No. Oh, what are you doing? (laughs) No. Just like an there? Airbnb. Oh, nice. With who are you who? going with? Sit in a hot tub. Who are you going with? Michael Verratti, nice. impromptu, got a group, and he was like, it's your birthday. Do you want to come? And I nice. was like. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I love that. Yes. Yeah, because we talked about doing a wine thing this weekend, and then I was like, I have this bachelorette thing, so I can't go your actual birthday weekend. Right. Remember? So I was like, Well, I didn't get invited to the wine thing, so. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh my god if we did wine country i would have photoshopped all of our oh, faces oh you mean our plan about wine tasting like months ago i forgot all about that yeah we oh were, i we thought were... you were doing a bit no i did too oh uh, no i wasn't I, my feelings were genuinely hurt yeah we were gonna go up to santa barbara and go to the sideways which we can still do it one day yes just Absolutely. not on brandon's birthday weekend i agree whose birthday's next ben's nice nice 
Anyway, I don't think I want to. The go week to a... after next, hmm? you don't want to go. I don't think I want to go get wine drunk with a Scorpio in Santa Barbara. I'm scared of the consequences. I can't drink wine anymore. Remember, because my allergies. Well, bring a what flask. about white wine? Bring a flask, bitch. Hmm? Okay, great. <laughs> I think there's a new spirits distillery in Eagle Rock. We oh, could that just sounds go, we nice. could just go to Eagle Rock. Sounds Let's do fun. that. That sounds like less sleep high pressure. My own bed. Hell yeah. I love that. What are we talking about? Two this? weeks in from two today, weeks. we are talking about Richard Linklater's I had to think about it for a second. Where'd you go, Bernadette? We can't wait. Has to anyone find seen out. the commercials for this movie? Where'd she go? Where did she go? Have you seen the commercials for this movie? I have not. I where are the is, commercials? It is marketing it is marketed at a, as a zany comedy. Straight down the middle. Where'd she go? She's a she's a mom on the loose. <laughs> mom mom rule number three. Don't upset your neighbor. Cut is to that, Kristen Wig. There's a mudslide. Is that actually the format of the trailer? <laughs> yes, Mom I'm rules. not making this up. And then it cuts to the, the town's craziest mom, Bernadette. And then, it, and then, no, 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 the town's the name on everyone's lips or something. It, it, it cuts. It like has. It has a lead in. Uh-huh. Cuts to Kate to Blanchett. all char- to all the characters, all different characters. Bernadette. 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 Name on everybody's <laughs> lips is gonna, gonna be. be Bernadette. Oh. Oh. We. Either. Whatever. (laughs) And then what? Oh, what else will we discuss? Oh, the other Richard Linklater comedies. Bernie Mm -hmm. and School of Rock. We are not talking about the Bad News Bears. No, I skipped that when I was looking through the list of like what are the the big comedies. Bernie is so good. I've never seen it. Neither have I. I remember people loved it. Looking forward to it. And that was the beginning of the McConaughey. And he he's playing like a straight up character. Yeah. Like sloppy chewing on. Very excited. And Shirley MacLaine's in it. She's very good. Very excited to watch this movie that I didn't see. Very excited. Where'd you go, Brandon? You were my, gone for a second. In Where'd you go? <laughs> Where'd you go? Stop Brandon? judging me. Stop. I'm not judging. I'm Where'd just... you go, Daniel? I don't know. Where are we going for the next week? We already said. <laughs> it's actually very. It's actually very apropos. Where'd you go? Where'd we week, go? And then it's we where'd you to, go? We get to talk about where'd our vacations. Go? That's the theme of the episode. We get to talk about um, where'd, where'd we go? go? <laughs> where'd you go? Bernadette. <laughs> Bernadette. Daniel. Do you want to click it? Daniel. Do you want to click it? Daniel. What? The name on everybody's lips is going to be Daniel. The winner is Jane Fonda. Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much.